Satan worshippers, Buffalo Bills and Bobs, Warty Witches. Uh, this is My Bloody Podcast, your hopefully go-to horror podcast where we talk about all things horror going on in entertainment. And uh, I'm your host this week, Preston Bard of Fresh Fiction and Dit Record Chronicle. Uh, I am without my usual uh, go-to sweaty man or whatever he calls me, like his sweaty, sweet-smelling guy. He's, he's the one that always calls... The show, uh, so excellent and gravy and great. and uh, It's just me today. Uh, well, actually, nope. Filling in for Brian this week since he's uh, off getting married and everything. Uh, and we wish him the best. We love that guy. And we hope that he has the human centipede wedding that he's always wanted. And uh, I will be there. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week to talk about it. But uh, filling in for uh, Brian this week is... Uh, one of our good friends, my best friend, uh, Mr. James Cole Clay of Fresh Fiction in Houston Byline. I'm so happy you could be on with uh, me today to just, just talk, shoot the shit. That is what we're going to do. We uh, Shit will be shot, blood will be spilled, laughs will be had, uh, pigs will be cooked, sacrifices will be made. And the sacrifice is that uh, I don't get to watch Ghost Ship for the third time this week. Second time this week. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched that one in a long time. But um, I guess we have more important things to talk about uh, this week. Uh, instead of doing our like usual thing where we have our big feature of the week and we talk about you know our bloody question of the week and our bloody recommendation this week, we're going to keep things a little bit you know short and sweet. We're just gonna. I saw a movie, Cole saw a movie, and we're going to talk to each other about those movies. And the movie that I saw is uh, Ari Aster's follow-up to Hereditary, uh, Midsommar. I went to a special screening in Austin, Texas, and I'm from Dallas, just so you know, so I had to go down south three hours. But um, J- Mr. James Cole Clay saw the third uh, installment in the Annabelle franchise, uh, uh, the was it Annabelle comes home or Annabelle homecoming? Whatever you, a- Annabelle, you called Annabelle me. comes home, but Annabelle homecoming actually is. I mean, it goes off. The, well, I mean, there's Spider Man. You can't do far that. from so, home. Okay. Yeah, all those home titles. Yeah, and then there's yeah Beyonce homecoming. So they got a Annabelle comes home. Yeah, well, I guess it's the next rises in the industry. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to those. But uh, before that, we are going to discuss a few uh, news items, and there's 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 three solid news bits that we wanted to discuss. And uh, the first one being is something that uh, I texted Cole about earlier today, and that is that uh, reportedly the um, the filming of the next Halloween film, uh, which is Halloween for I guess the sequel to Halloween 2018. Um, we discussed that last week that James, James, uh, or not James, Jason Blum, uh, took it, had a meeting with, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and they discussed, um, quote, some things, which is just them talking about, uh, what we believed was going to be the sequel to Halloween. And so, uh, according to Collider, that is what they were talking about. And it looks like they're going to start filming, this fall and uh, aim for a 2020 release, specifically October 16th. 
2020. Um, before um, before this news, all that we knew is that, uh, or all that we've known so far is that uh, Danny McBride was not going to come back, um, probably for the best, and that James James uh, David Gordon Green. Uh, probably would not be coming back, but it looks like he is coming back. Uh, I believe uh, Jamie Lee Curtis wanted that to happen, so it looks like it might happen. But in addition to Jamie Lee Curtis coming back, it looks like Judy Greer and uh, Andy uh, Matichak, uh, but those are the you know granddaughter, daughter, and uh, grandmother, uh, the trio that survived. And, and brother end. Michael, right? Yeah, little, brother, little... brother burnt to a crisp, brother Michael. He's not the brother this time. Let's, let's, uh, okay, okay. Let's just keep going. So um, that's all that we know so far. Um, is that it? It looks like it's going to be happening. Happening for sure. Uh, we don't. Uh, it's not exactly concrete who all all the talents that will be there. But as far as we know, it looks like those uh, those three uh, main uh, actors will be coming back, and David Gordon Green might be stepping again in the director's chair. But uh, no, no word if uh, John Carpenter will be coming back to score the film again, even though he said in a couple of interviews after uh, Halloween 2018 that he would be happy to come back to Haddonfield. And, and I loved his score in the last movie, and I believe it was probably the best aspect of the entire film. So um, I hope it does happen, but um, we've talked about Halloween uh, to death. It's a pretty tired subject. We're exhausted by it, but... Does any of this sound exciting to you, James? Or is what would you like to happen, or what um, what needs to happen for it to make you excited about it? Well, I mean, I'm gonna be intrigued no matter what. I guess. I mean, I think I'm just kind of there when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, I think that it's gonna not be a hard sell, but you know, because I'll see anything. But I don't really know, honestly. I, I think that the franchise i mean i'm not a creator so I, I it's hard for me to speculate on these things but i mean I, what i think is even though jamie lee curtis is the box office draw this last time is it gonna be the same this time because i mean people is the newness of it the surprise of it that you didn't know where it was gonna go or how she was gonna be so on and so forth but with this time we know what the deal is with laurie we got the idea of these three um, family generations coming together, and that's cool. That's very symbolic. And then, you know, I think as successful as that film was, why would you want to come back and risk sullying that legacy? I mean, can the legacy be sullied at this point? I don't know. But, you know, I think it's interesting that she's going to come back. And, you know, I mean, I like Jason Bond a lot. He's great. Like, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, not everything they do is gold. It's Everything's interesting. And I'll give them that, you know, and it's going to be a blast to follow, you know, this movie coming out again in the next year. But that's what's going to be fun about it, you know, like something like Midsommar, Midsommar, <laughs> you know, you don't want to see it. I don't want to see a trailer. I don't want to know anything. But with this, it's like a new Marvel kind of thing coming out or something like that. Yeah, just give me all the news you can. If it sucks when it comes out, it sucks. I will still own the 4K Blu-ray regardless if it's you know, I mean, if it's Halloween Resurrection, then no, I won't. But if it's okay, which it should be, you know. But and at the same time, I understand Jamie Lee Curtis wanting to come back and work with David Gordon Green again. I think he's a, a fantastic director. I think he's a solid director and he's made some very, very good movies. 
uh, some of my favorite comedies, some really good indies. I mean, he's a versatile director for sure. And but I think she wanted that that um, consistency with the last movie because it was a hit. You know, people had. You know, I think deep cut fans, people who are really into the franchise, I think have more problems with the movie than anybody going to see the movie in a theater, more than even just the casual film fan. I think people who like love the franchise and know a lot about it, like you and I do, um, and, and really are passionate about it, you know, it's like the Star Wars thing. Like, I can go watch The Force Awakens and be like, oh my god, that was one of the greatest blockbusters I've seen in my entire life, because I don't really have a love for Star Wars that much. Like, it's fun. Like, I like it, it's cool, I own the Blu-rays, sure, whatever. But I saw The Force Awakens, I was like, that was a great movie. But people who are big fans of Star Wars, they see all these things that, you know, that would bother them. And they say, well, that's just like A New Hope, or whatever. So I think it kind of comes down to something like that. So I'll still enjoy it, just like we enjoy. Um, we're never going to escape this movie, Halloween 2018. We enjoy that movie a lot, but there's a lot of problems with it, and a lot of problems from from creators that I really like, all the way from David Gordon Green all the way to Jamie Lee Curtis. I think them coming back, cool, badass. Fucking do it. Rock on. I'm there to support you. I got your back, for sure. I'm not going to be a dick about it, but I would say – use your best judgment and maybe not come back. (laughs) (laughs) I think like, when is that going to be good? How is that going to be good? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you said it with, uh, it's all that time, like it for, for them to create just a spiritual sequel that ignores all the sequels that came after Halloween, um, for, you know, wanting to know where she's been and, all that time like we got all those answers and so from here it's just kind of like one of the it's like a toy story 4 type of situation like where can you really go like after this it kind of like closes off like you uh it, it you know the the movie halloween 2018 does end in such a way where it kind of like a stupid way like how it zooms in on the knife like that um uh, but it doesn't it just kind of like it leaves that room for uh a story to happen, like more stories to be told, but at the same time, it just doesn't exactly need to be told because like, where can you like seriously steer the story where it can feel fresh and exciting without just being like, Hey, we're going to make another one of these movies. Um, uh, Michael's coming back. He's going to be stalking hadn't filled like where, like maybe they might pull like something like, uh, the purge to anarchy or something yeah, like that, where, where they'll, uh, you know, like Jason Blum and this uh, new this new writer, like really put their ear to the ground and listen and listen to all the criticisms that people had, and they'll like I don't know retcon some things and like really craft uh, these three ladies to be like the ultimate badasses and like really make it a fight. Um, like there's cool there's cool stuff that you can do with that. So I, I you know I wish them the best and I really hope that they can create something and I hope it's more than uh, what we got in uh, Halloween 2018. Yeah, you think Halloween retconning the, the Halloween series retconning? You think? Yeah, yeah. They just keep <laughs> on retconning. What a novel concept! Uh, every Halloween, there's six timelines or some shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's, we'll see. It's I like X Men at this point. Totally, just fucking go with it. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's cool. I mean, I'm down, but I'm very curious to see. I think it's gonna 
not be good, but I'm here. I'm, I'm here for you. Rock on, Jamie Lee Curtis and Jason Blum. Rock on. Yeah. But, Pro- prove us know. wrong. But um, in other news, um, probably more exciting news for us because we're uh, big fans of, or somewhat big fans of uh, Creep Show. Uh, we discussed that <laughs> on uh, the podcast, uh, the, the original 1982 film um, that uh, Stephen King did, um, which is like an anthology series. Um, so, But it looks like um, Shudder, the horror streaming service, is going to be putting out a... Uh, like a TV series adaptation of Creep, Creep Show. So, um, as all we know at this point is that a couple more actors have been attached to it. Um, let me know if any of these excite you, uh, James. So, uh, yes, of course. Jeffrey Combs. Yes, of course. Uh, Bruce Davids, uh, Davison. <laughs> From the first X-Men movie, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, DJ Qualls. Oh, hell yeah. Last scene, we saw at Fantastic Fest in Buster's Mal Heart. You remember that? Yeah. You saw that? You're yeah. the only two people in there. Yeah. Okay, cool. From Road Trip, everybody. Yeah. You know. uh, Big Boy and Kid Cudi. Wait, oh, like the rapper Big Boy. Yeah. Yep. Dude, I, I like Kid Cudi as an actor. He's He's been in some stuff um, as like a best friend or something like that. And he he got cast in something. Oh, he's in the new Bill and Ted yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, hell yes. He was also on Comedy Bang Bang, a show. Like, I know it's not horror, but I love it. Kid Cudi's, Kid Cudi's cool, man. He has a cool screen presence. Yeah. Um, and then an, uh, another one that's uh, worthy of note is uh, David Arquette is going to be. Man, I, uh, okay. I know we're going to keep it short, so I'm not going to go on my David Arquette thing. But yeah. I, what a, everyone just go on Netflix and watch the first 20 minutes of Eight-Legged Freaks. It, David Arquette. I don't even, I, this is kind of like such a non sequitur. This is going to be nonsense, but I don't know what to expect with him anymore. He was so cool back in those days. He was so cool. So I, I hope that he can redeem himself. Like, so I'm down. Yeah. Like, David, that's just crazy to me. He's kind of a strange guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can go online and you can, there's a lot of information that's been uh, released. Uh, you, you know, uh, what all, what each of the 12 segments are about um it looks like it's going to be a six episode season so they're going to be i don't know how they're going to split that up if there's 12 segments i guess two per episode um so you can go online and you can look up like who's all attached as the writer the director and what each episode is about but um some of them are pretty exciting like some of them were developed by uh, joe hill um stephen king's son and uh, there's some exciting directors attached to it. I know uh, Greg uh, Nicotero, who oh, cool. is the creator of the show. Um, he's, if you don't know who he is, he's he's attached to uh, The Walking Dead. He did a lot of the makeup and he directed quite a few of the episodes, like about 30 of them or so. Um, so he uh, has a, he's pretty familiar with this, with this yeah, uh, no, subject. He's, material, he's, so. he's awesome. So, he's really uh, cool. Yeah, there's there's some cool stuff going on there. So do you I, think do you think this show's gonna have a, bu- a budget? Like, I don't really know. I haven't really um, seen any of Shutter's I, TV shows. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't have Shutter, so I wouldn't know. But the only thing I've known recently is uh, that Critters TV show, which right. did not look very good from the trailer. But um, so I don't know. I, I'm sure it's gonna be better than Sci-Fi Channel, but right. um, okay. 
nowhere near as good as uh, our Walking next uh, uh, bit of news that we're going to be talking about, which is Stranger Things. Um, uh, okay, okay. So Yeah, I mean, I'm down. I mean, I'm down. If they can make it, like, can't be, like, it sh- shoot, if it has the same quality as, like, the Tales from the Crypt, that's fine. Yeah. Like, if I want it to be like that, you know, that's what it's going to, you know, to bring something like that back is cool. So I, I would like them to see, you know, I don't know. I know it's more of a comic booky kind of thing. Um, creep show, which I more like, I like a host sort of thing more. Um, so that's kind of where it differs for me. And I like more quick paced. I know and creep shows, not, not that. And I didn't even realize that until you talked about that last year on the show, mm-hmm. um, your thoughts about the movie. But um, I mean, I'm down. I mean, it, but it's, it's tough, man. Uh, it's tough to get me to see a TV show. So We'll see. Hopefully it's easily consumable. But it's, I mean, it's exciting, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the last thing, that bit of news I want to talk about is uh, Stranger Things uh, 3, um, which is going to be coming out on July 4th. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with David Harbour, who plays uh, Jim Hopper on the TV show. And uh, so I had a really nice conversation with him. I've always wanted to talk to him uh there's quite a few podcasts that i listen to like sam jones who had him on the show and uh they had like a very honest like david harbour is like an open book if you go and like watch any of the interviews that he does on youtube he is just a no bullshit type of guy kind of like ethan hawk he's just to some like my, I, li- I re-listened to uh the sam jones uh episode on my way back from Austin to Dallas to go talk to him. And, uh, my wife just couldn't take it. <laughs> he, uh, he can come like a lot of people argue that both Ethan Hawke and probably David Harbour and some other people can sound a bit pretentious, but I, sure. I just find it so interesting that they can, uh, they're just completely open to kind of like analyze themselves and, uh, pick themselves apart uh, in such a way and discuss the business and in, in a way that very few people do. Like you, a lot of the, a lot of times you feel like the actors or the talents being, you know, has a knife poking in their side and that they're, they're not really sure. giving you, uh, their entire selves. But for, for David Harbor, uh, I, like I just really felt like I was having a conversation with a buddy, which is the type of conversation that you, uh, you chase, uh, you want that kind of conversation where the, right. the, the walls come down and you can just, just be, or have an organic conversation with each other. And that's what it was. We talked about, um, how on Sam Jones, he said that, you know, when it comes to any scene of drama, um, you know, any actor will take something from their life and try to recontextualize, uh, a scene to make it work for them, to make a, a scene of fiction work for them and make sense to them. Um, so I discussed that a little bit more in detail, uh, and how that maybe provided some sort of catharsis for him because he's been pretty open about being, uh, suffering from depression, being bipolar, uh, being an alcoholic. And, um, so just the fact that we could just discuss those things was just very, very exciting and, uh, rewarding to have that opportunity to do that and so uh, in addition to that we talked about like his his wardrobe this season if you watch the trailer he's got like this magnum pi uh miami vice kind of thing going on where um he's always been that kind of hero that's 
the schlubby kind of hero, uh, which is something that he's very proud of because he's, you know, today when you think of a hero, you think of a Marvel superhero that's like super cut and everything like that. But the, but for an everyday kind of looking dude to just play a badass like him, it's it's so cool. Um, so I'm excited for the new season. Uh, I, I was excited from the the first trailer that came out which made it seem like the the guys or, or the whole gang is uh, uh, um, like growing and uh, they can no longer they're no longer kids anymore they can't just be those kids that are in the basement uh, goofing around playing Dungeons and Dragons and they have to really uh, face uh, new realities as they're growing up and so I'm excited about that aspect of the show it's kind of like a justified season four where they're just focusing a lot on on character and they don't necessarily need to, um, you know, make the, the villains or anything like that, a big part of it. But the new trailer that just dropped tonight and we're recording this on uh, Thursday night, the 20th of June. Um, it does seem like, uh, there's, there's, you know, a serious villain situation going on here, but, uh, it doesn't look like it's going to overpower things and not be so, cause I wasn't a big fan of season two of uh, stranger things. And um, from this trailer, it seems like it's got, uh, you know, an even more of a movie quality going on. It like looks like a legit big blockbuster movie that's coming out this summer, which is exciting. Um, so yeah, it's going to be eight episodes long. Um, I'm excited for where things can go from here. And so, yeah, we'll find out uh, July 4th and I will be there watching it. All right. All right. Well, eight episodes sounds good though. I mean, it yeah. sounds better than like 13. Yeah. We don't like even episodes. 10. Um, even 10. Yeah. It can get overwhelming. Like you can, you can find those like filler episodes where they're just like, right. It, it, like maybe they, plotted everything out and just realized, Hey, this is only enough material for eight, not 10. Hey, is that going to work for you guys? Oh yeah, of course. So I, I, I hope that that's what kind of happened. And, right. and, and I don't we'll know see. Why, I don't know why it wouldn't. It's not like Netflix has to sell like ad space for like 22 episodes. Right. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, otherwise, is this the last season? Um, as far as I know, I think they're going to season five. Uh, okay. If I'm not mistaken, um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, so, does this have? I mean, did they do the Demogorgon thing again in season two and three? Is that what's happening? Um, well, season two had that that giant shadow monster thing, and it seems like in this new season, it's it's uh, it that the shadow monster or whatever the hell you want to call it has found a new host. Um, I, I don't want to speculate too much, but it looks like it's going to be Billy. If you know who Billy is, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the actor's name, but he's the one that's in that new Power He was in the Power Rangers movie. You know who I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, dude. Was he the Red Ranger? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, he, yeah, if there's like this funny clip that they released for season three, which where they're making fun of uh, or paying homage to uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where he's like the hot pool guy and all the MILFs are uh sweating over him uh being the lifeguard of this pool and so um i i guess like maybe he's gonna have run into whatever this uh, shadow monster is and then uh, he's gonna be the new host i think that's what i'm kind of picking up from the trailer 
But yeah, we'll find out. All right. Well, yes, uh, you, everybody in America will find out, and maybe I will too. I, I I always tend to come around to stuff. I might come around to the show. I hope I come around to the show. So yeah. we'll see. But I heard you um, listening to the trailer, and it sounded cool. It sounded you know hearing that it's like another big movie makes it feel like it's its own thing now yeah they're just off from it was it so reliant on remember isn't it cool if he has an evil dead poster you know i'm being very condescending yeah i'm sure it's still gonna have those moments because this is summer of 85 and a lot of great stuff happened in 1985 so um it'll have all that in there but i'm sure they're gonna tone it down a bit it looks it really looks like they're focusing a lot on the characters this season which is cool this is like them hanging out in the mall and taking on whatever they need to take on. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's what I want that to feel just like part of the furniture, like that sort of thing. Like, I don't want it to feel like, remember this, remember that. So that right. to me is, but I mean, that approach seems amazing. So maybe I'll just jump into season three. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after skipping season two. Yeah. Um, there, so there's some cool. re- good recaps that you can watch on YouTube. If you need a refresher. <laughs> Um, and don't want to bother watching the entire series again. But uh, yeah, so uh, Stranger Things 3 is releasing July 4th. You can watch all eight episodes on Netflix. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It's quick. So um, uh, moving on, is there anything else that we uh, that you would like to discuss before we uh, move on to our features? I don't think so. We were talking about something very, very small. And I just saw, I try to stay in the dark on certain things that I don't know about. Um like this movie, what, what did I say it was called? Ready or not? Yeah. Right. Do I? Do we know? I haven't really looked into it. I just know that I saw like five seconds of the trailer. It's a horror movie. It looked amazing, and I was like, okay, I'm good. And then that was it. So that's all that I know. I, I saw people talking about it, but I try to stay in the dark. It just looks like a very fun kind of high concept horror movie, and that's the kind of stuff I love. So. Be on the lookout for something random called Ready or Not. It's it's nice <laughs> to stay in the dark on things. You know, I mean, yeah. I know it's kind of pointless, but like the way it's for to bring up something and then say, "Oh, we don't really know anything about it." But I do like that, and it's hard to do that because you know we're going to talk about Midsummer, and I didn't want to know anything about that movie, but now I'm just like, man, this movie is like it's kind of my job to know about this stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Well, it's, I'll, it's tough. I'll be super brief when I talk well, about you it. You don't have to be. I mean, you know, say what you want. Like, I'm, I'm ready just to go in. So, okay. you know, don't. I just got to kind of let that go. I can be a person that puts my ears in my, my fingers in my ears when I close my eyes during movie trailers, and that's a tough life to live. <laughs> I've realized. <laughs> uh, you can put me on mute, and then I can text you when I'm done. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. no, no, go for it. No. Um, I guess the one thing I really want to discuss uh, real quickly before we move on is uh, I, I'm a big fan of Nicholas Wynn and Refn and I've watched pretty much everything that he's put out and I've, I've talked to him pretty much ever since drive, like all the projects that he's done. I haven't talked to him for, for his new TV show, which is too old to die young, which is now available on Amazon. And uh, I gave it a shot. Uh, it's 10 episodes long. Each episode ranges from about an hour to an hour and a half. And if you've ever seen a Nicholas Winning Refn film, especially like outside of Drive, if like Only God Forgives, Neon Demon, uh, Valhalla Rising, um, they, they can wear out their welcome uh, pretty quickly. It's a lot of 
I, you know, I hate to say the word like self-masturbatory, but he, he really likes to just like find the sexuality in like everything. Like the first five minutes of the first episode of Too Old to Die Young is him taking the camera and going up and down cars that are sitting in a parking lot as these two cops are just kind of sitting outside their vehicle waiting. And after like about five minutes in, they finally start talking. And so from that point, I just knew, oh boy, like, you know, I can handle that in about an hour and a half, two hour movie. But the fact that this series is 10 episodes long with each one, one hour to an hour and a half long, that's just, that's so much to be put, to go through, put myself through. And, and my wife was like watching as she was folding laundry and uh, she just could not handle it. And so I don't know if it had to do more with the fact that uh, whenever, you know, your significant other is not really into something, you, you just like immediately are kind of turned off by it. Um, so I might try to pick it up again, but I, I have to agree with like the feelings that my wife was having, which is, it was just hard to get through. It's just so nasty and you feel very uncomfortable. Like, you know, in Only God Forgives where uh, actually Tom, Tom Burke's character from, uh, if you've seen The Souvenir, um, he plays Ryan Gosling's brother in that film. And there's like a point where he says, I just want to fuck a 14 year old girl or something like that. And you're like, Oh God. So there's like a scene where, uh, these two cops, one of them's played by miles teller. I can't remember the other guy's name, but the other guy says, uh, is like questioning this girl pulls her over to the side of the road. And then is like making her feel super uncomfortable, uh, saying like, what do you think of uh, black guys and things like that? And so it's just like, it's real dirty. You just want to take a shower immediately. And it's just, it's not a very like welcoming way to like get yourself into a, a new TV show. So uh, I, I guess that's why they screen like episode four or five at can because that's like where it gets most exciting. So uh, I would love to know if uh, anybody else has gave this uh, show a shot, watch more than I have. I would love to know if you uh, have found a way to kind of appreciate it. Um, or if I need to like kind of stick with it, but I just was not getting into it. And which is sad to say, because I really am a fan of uh Refn and, but uh couldn't get into it. So it, it's just too much. Okay. It's too much. Um, and that's all. And that's to me the way I look at it, you know, I mean, we watch a lot of films and so I've gotten used to like two hours or something like that. And, Honestly, two hours of Refn, as much as I love him, and he's up there on like my favorite filmmakers and a filmmaker that really opened my eyes to a lot of different aspects of film that I never thought I could access. And I, that's crazy. That's Tom Burke. Because I go through thinking yeah. of that scene. I'm like, it is him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so um, and we're like the only two people <laughs> that have seen that movie on <laughs> The Souvenir. Um, but um, it is too much. I mean... I think that's super cool to have him just be able to do something super indulgent and make 13 movies essentially. Yeah. And it's really cool that it's out there, but I would rather want, you know, a very cool messy movie like the neon demon than something that to me, I can't access because I mean, you can say, okay, well I'll watch an episode here, an episode there. And over the next three or four weeks I'll watch it. But by that time 
as you and I have to do, we have to move through the cycle of each week of the movies. This week is a horror movie. Next week, the big movie is a big Netflix comedy. The next big week is Spider-Man. And so we're jumping through these different mindsets on where our focus needs to be. And staying focused on something that's that intense is tough. It's going to be tough to go from, oh, well, you know, like we just went to go see Spider-Man Far From Home. Or we just went to go see Annabelle. Let's go home and watch Too Old to Die Young. No, thank you. Like, yeah. it's tough. Yeah. And that's at least where we're coming from. But if it was me in college still, or me not in, in this uh, film criticism business, oh, yeah, I would be like, okay, I could probably do that. But so much of our time is dedicated to other things. It's It can be tough to watch and to get through that. But we'll see. I don't have Amazon Prime, but um, maybe I will find a way to check it out at some point. So. All right, well, uh, that's it for uh, the news. Uh, I guess we'll move on to uh, our feature films. Uh, would you like to go first, or do you, would you like to discuss Midsommar first? We'll do, let's do mine first. Okay. I think Midsommar, I think mine, the movie I'm going to talk about is um, definitely going to make more money than um, Midsommar, but I also think that Midsommar is going to be a stone cold classic right from the, the get-go i mean it's it's such an assertive looking film yeah. um so i saw annabelle comes home um they they screened it very early the movie doesn't come out until june 26 friday june 26 so it's coming out okay, Wednesday. so, so week. a week a week a week that's still for these movies for these foreign films you know i didn't see i saw the first conjuring really early about two, three weeks before it came out, but I didn't see the second Conjuring until three days before it came out. So, you know, you, everyone knows how good the Conjuring is. Conjuring 2 is good too, but you still see that the confidence they have in a movie to screen it a week in advance. Um, I don't know why, um, but they did. And they screened it in IMAX too. Okay, very strange. I was, I showed up and I was like, okay. So there were lines literally around the theater to get into this movie like it was the second coming of the Avengers or something like that, when they would do Avengers press screenings or uh, word of mouth screenings. Um, I mean, there, I had not seen that many people at a theater in a couple years, maybe since like a Jurassic world, the first one came out. Like it was, it was nuts. And this movie's going to be huge. It is going to play like gangbusters for people. The crowd ate up everything the movie served up. I mean, the movie, <clears throat> could have like ripped ass and they would have loved it. Like, I mean, they it, like everything. And so, I know that was a crude, I can't believe I made that joke, but like, anyway, um, they, they loved it. So my standpoint on the Annabelle movies is I watched the first one, um, recently and I was like, okay, this is awful. You know, it was very bland. Second one has some creativity, actually tells a story, relies on very kind of old school, haunted house kind of movie very cool um has its problems but it's a very cool movie um this one has the potential to be cool we have Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson coming back as Ed Lorraine Warren and it, they're on set maybe three days four days so they book in the film kind of like Jeff Goldblum in the last Jurassic Park movie and it is essentially takes place in their home and it's that's you know, are they going out take, on a date or something yeah so yeah they're they're going off or something like that it has a really cool cold opening but everything is foggy if you've seen the nun i didn't see curse of la llorona but everything is foggy 
everything is murky and it, you know and it's shot well the film is shot well but the atmosphere is a bit much so for this movie it's essentially a carnival fun house of a movie if you've ever been to you know a state fair or something like that you're walking through a hall of mirrors something spooky happens and and that's fun for general audiences to say oh my god well you know, this, I, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I mean, from the trailers, oh, oh, this zombie with coins in his eye, the coins drop on the ground. Oh my God, that's scary. Or, you know, this artifact comes back into play that they show. The movie does really well with um, bringing things back. The problem is it's an hour and 46 minutes and you feel it. That's still not very long, given that we're about to talk about a movie, a horror movie that's an hour or two hours and 20 minutes. This felt like an eternity because a good haunted house movie, you, you know, just because your scenes are long does not equal tension. You know, you got to do something. It shows you how hard it is and how it's all done in the editing with these things. And that's beyond my pay grade. I can't criticize that. I don't know how all that works. But what I do know is how I feel. And I trust my instincts on this. So I think for general audiences who just want a spooky, you know, boo kind of movie you're going to be happy um uh, i mean as a film fan i can appreciate the cinematography i can appreciate some of the acting in it from the teenagers that are in it and um but and it has a pretty good kid actor in it too um this girl who i was talking about last week mckenna grace she was in that not dr sleep i think i was talking about she was in this really cute movie with chris evans called gifted a couple years ago but that's far from more um and this movie, I went in wanting to like it. I was like, I'm, I'm going to have a good time. Like, I'm ready. Well, even that trailer was great. It, it. I know you, you probably didn't watch the trailer, trailer, but the trailer was great. Yeah, I, I saw a bit of the trailer. And, I mean, I'm telling you, the crowd is going to love it. So, I mean, if you're if you're a horror fan out there, like, check it out. Like, go see it. See it with the crowd. You know, it's going to... It's going to be in the top 10 biggest movies of the summer. I can guarantee it. I mean, mm. it, it could open 60, 70 million. I would not be shocked. So, um, because it is, has that big of a crowd appeal. Very simple. You know, they were so entertained. Um, and it's going to be a, a theater. Go to a loud theater, honestly. If you if you like that sort of atmosphere for your horror movies, this is the movie for it. Um, I unfortunately just wasn't really that charmed by the scares in it. Um, it didn't feel like anything new. You know, you think about, I was thinking to myself last night, Insidious 1, pretty damn good horror movie. Insidious 2, not so much. But Insidious 3, they completely changed the setting, which they kind of do in this movie. To an extent, they just place the doll in the Warren's home, which is cool. But And you get new characters, but those characters actually meant something. This felt very lazy with that. I, I think that letting the characters take you through the skill, the scares, I mean, if you're going to make them likable, then you got to do that. Or if you just want to be really tacky, like a Friday the 13th remake, which we've talked about a little bit, you know, then you can do that and just make the movie really tacky. But um, there's not a lot of empathy in this. It's just like a, really just a fun house carnival kind of movie. All right, well, I will tell you about my experience seeing Midsommar in Austin. I uh, got the opportunity, because I live in Dallas, um, to attend a special screening of uh, Midsommar, which is, I guess it's world premiere. It played at 
four different theaters across the country, which was uh, Brooklyn, Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, and Austin. And so I saw it in Austin at the Alamo Draft House on Lamar, which is uh, me and James's is, uh, second home. Essentially, that's where we go to Fantastic Fest every year, so it's nice. Um, so I had no idea what to expect from uh, this special screening because, you know, I got like this fancy invitation in the mail, which was really cool, and it had like a wax uh, seal on the back and everything. I was like in like this like old school calligraphy uh, for my address and my outlet name and all that. Um, so it was really cool to get that in the mail. I had no idea what it was. And then when you open it, it has like the, the little, uh, like wicker man type of symbol thing that's in the movie. I don't know what you would call it, but it's like this little plant symbol that they have in the film that's featured in the trailer. If you've seen the trailer, but, uh, inside the, the, that, uh, it's like a card. It was like a, the card and then you say open it up and you get like the official invitation that said, Hey, we would like to invite you to see a special screening of Midsommar in, uh, in Austin. And so, and then, um, I talked to, uh, our local reps, which is Fawn's PR. They're great. We love them. They handle a lot of the stuff at uh, fantastic fest for us. And, uh, so we love working with them. And so any chance to do that is just so much fun for me. I enjoy them. And so, um, yeah, I, I leapt at this opportunity. It was, it was a nice chance for me to just uh, head down to Austin um, outside of the festival and go with my wife and my son. And so we got to have a little bit of fun beforehand. But um, it screened on Tuesday night, which was uh, June 18th. And uh, when I got to the theater, like I said, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be something like um, – uh, it comes at night, which is uh, a special screening that I got to go to a couple years ago where they, you met at an Alamo theater, then you got on a bus and they took you out to the middle of the woods to watch this spooky ass movie. Um, and so uh, I didn't know if that was going to be the case here, but it was just like a traditional screening, which was cool because they still, it was like low key and uh, you got in there and they had like a special menu and they gave you a drink um, the special drink that they, uh, that the Alamo created for, uh, Midsommar. I, I imagine this special drink and a lot of the stuff that they had on the menu, which, uh, I had Swedish meatballs because, uh, Midsommar takes place in Sweden. So, um, I imagine that all these like fun menu items are going to come out when uh, Midsommar opens in theaters on July 3rd. And if it's playing at an Alamo draft house near you, uh, you can probably uh, check out these uh, cool things and try them out. Um, so I enjoyed what I had and uh, they did a telecast uh, introduction with uh, Ari Aster who directed the film and uh, wrote the film. And he talked uh, before introducing his cast and bringing them out. Uh, he he mentioned that this movie was just completed a few days ago. Uh, it might have even been been the night before because the cast mentioned that they watched it for the first time the night before. Um, but he also said that this movie was that he wrote this movie four years ago, I believe, uh, based. Uh, when he was going through a breakup and uh, when you watch the movie and if you read my headline for my uh, written review which you can find on freshfiction.tv 
Um, the movie is about codependency. It's like a horror movie about codependency, uh, while Hereditary, uh, Ari Aster's first film, is about family trauma and like the inheriting family trauma. Um, so he's finding like different aspects of of life a lot of areas that we don't necessarily see stories being told about uh, or being put on screen uh and like filtering it through like this like nightmarish channel uh which is what makes him a fascinating filmmaker and which is what makes uh, great horror films to us and we as we've talked about extensively on this podcast that our favorite kind of horror films are the ones that you know, have something to say. They're speaking about something that's that we can relate to, some sort of social theme or some sort of problem that's going on in the world, and they're putting it through this uh, horror movie or this genre filter. And so that that's what always has me excited about like uh, a horror film, um, especially when it comes from a director who really knows what he's doing. And if you've seen Hereditary it's pretty clear early on, like this, this director, and that was his feature debut, um, that he, he knows what he's doing. He, he seems like a seasoned pro at this point. And for this to be a sophomore film, uh, kind of like us, even though I, I think both Cole and I were kind of like, uh, we, we liked us. There, there's a, there's a lot to pick at, but I think that, uh, Midsommar for a sophomore film, since, uh, us was, uh, Jordan Peele's sophomore film, uh, I think this one delivers a lot more, or at least uh, met uh, my expectations a little bit more. Um, I think there's a lot to pick from in us, but I also believe that there's a lot to pick from in this film. Like, I don't even know if I've made entire made sense of it entirely. I could, it's a it's a hard movie to kind of get your head around, um, but that's what makes it ultimately makes it a great film. Like The Shining, we, we're still picking that movie apart. Uh, 40 years later. And so um, I think this is going to be uh, one of those films that we do that as well. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things that you can kind of pick up on that you can understand and gravitate towards, especially like the relationship dynamic uh, or the, uh, the dy- dynamic in the character dynamics in the film. Uh, the main one being uh, between uh, Florence Pugh's character who plays Danny and um, uh, Jack Rayner, um, if you've seen Sing Street or the really shitty uh, Transformers movie. Um, but he's good. He, he's always been good in, in Free Fire. He, he's good in uh, a lot of stuff that I've seen. It's just like, you know, I hate, I hate that I picked uh, Transformers Transformer. 4, but, but he's good. He's good. Um, but uh, th- this is a movie that really highlights his strengths as an actor. Uh, same thing with Florence Pugh. Like a lot of people are talking about her performance in the film, myself included. Um, there's like all these funny tweets going around where it's like Tony Collette saying like, what the hell? Like I, I gave a great performance in Hereditary too, but yeah, like their performances are pretty much on the same level of intensity. Um, there's just like it's it's a really cool like character arc for them um i'm not going to go into specifics about midsommar but um it's just really fascinating to kind of see where she goes and uh the 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 stuff that she's dealing with in her life Um, if you've seen the trailer for midsommar um the movie is about um some sort of tragedy happens in uh, danny's life and um 
her boyfriend, played by Jack Rayner, uh, begrudgingly invites her to uh, this guy's trip that um, him and his buddies, which some one of which is played by Will Poulter, and he's kind of like the scene stealer of the of the film. Um, they they had plans to go to Sweden, like this little festival that uh, is going on that happens like every 90 years. And um, it was just going to be them guys, those guys. And um, ah, there we go. Lost you for a second. But um, it was just going to be those guys. And um, but uh, because of what happens in the film with Danny's character, um uh, Jack Rayner's character Christian uh, feels like he he can't really cut ties with her. Uh, things haven't been exactly working with them, but yet they're still by each other's side. They don't know how to exactly in, uh, in their relationship. And so they go to this festival together, and then once they get there, it, it all looks like a like this hippie type place where it's like a Manson type of thing kind of going on. Like there's like an eerie feeling like Will Poulter's character is meant to like kind of comment on things and serve as the audience surrogate. Like uh, the, the only like line that I'll probably bring up is uh, something that he says is, and it got a really good reaction out of the audience is when uh, as soon as they get there, he's like, Oh man, I think we took a wrong turn and ended up in Waco. And so <laughs> Um, it's, it's, so it's like, there's a nice balance between humor and a uh, horror, but it's not a, it's not a horror in the same way as hereditary. It's, it's more disturbing than anything. It's just like makes you feel uncomfortable, but it, it's a very bright movie in comparison to, uh, hereditary, which is a very dark movie. Um, because, uh, in Sweden at this time of the year, it's like the longest days of the year and, day there's like daylight for most of the day um so it's like fascinating that they can create a horror movie like this in uh, broad daylight um so um yeah there, there, there's a there's a lot to talk about but i think my overall thoughts on the film um are it's a it's a great sophomore effort from Ari Aster. I'm excited where he's going to go from here. I think there's a lot to talk about with this movie, and I'm excited to get into it once uh, more and more people see it and it's out there. We can have like open discussions about it, like we are having about us right now. Um, but um, I don't think if you were expecting the same sort of intensity as Hereditary, it's it's not that kind of film. Um, I think the trailer, if you've seen the trailer kind of sells it that way, it makes it, it shows like all these kind of scary images such as a, um, a, uh, spliced open bear, grizzly bear and like, uh, a deformed person and, um, f- people lighting things on fire and jumping off things and things like that. And, um, those the images when you find out what they really mean and what the context is uh they are frightening but it's not like as unnerving and this is a spoiler for hereditary so if you haven't seen that uh, check out um but it does not compare to tony collette decapitating herself or smashing her head against uh repeatedly against the attic door while like hanging upside down and that sort of stuff like that stuff is like pierced in my brain 
no exorcism could remove that from uh, my head and I've had nightmares about it. So it's just like on, in terms of horror, I think hereditary is a much scarier film, but this one is like really fascinating. And so uh, overall I really enjoyed it and I, I can't wait to talk to uh, more people about it once they see it. But I enjoyed my experience going to the special screening and um, but I'm happy to be back home and, uh, reliving the movie in my head and trying to pick it apart even more, but I, I really enjoyed it. Are you um, okay to say that it's the greatest horror film of all time? No, I will not be that kind of person. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always got uh, kind of like, okay, uh, that quote that was going around for us saying it was the greatest horror movie of all time. It's just like, yeah, I, I can't make a decision like that. Um, I mean, chill. Like it, it's like, it's a, it, the movie's like brand new. Um, so it, like right. it's, you know, I got invited to this like special thing and it's exciting. Like you, it's like going to a film festival, you get really hyped up right. and, and, and you, and you real, you feel that positivity kind of flowing through you. Um, of course. And so I, I, I try to uh, put that aside and try to imagine myself going to a, a, an everyday screening to watch this movie. And so there's things that I have problems with, but uh, overall um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good movie. And so, um, um, yeah, that's, that's where I sit with that. Do you, do you think that audiences are going to like this movie? Or do you think critics are just going to really like this um, movie? I think to me, it's kind of like uh, the greatest comparison that's been made so far is that the movie is kind of reflects the work of Lars von Trier um, or, or, or Gaspar. No, it's just like, Which it, I it's, love. yeah. So like critics will love it. Uh, film students, like people who really like really weird shit um, because like you said already, this movie's two hours and 20 minutes long. And, uh, there's, there's like a certain amount of people out there that will like watch a movie like this. But, um, I, I think that people will respond to it pretty well, but I I don't think it's going to do like big numbers or anything like that. I, I I don't see it being like a 24's most successful film or anything like that at the box office. But, I, I just see it being more of like a critical darling and something that uh, uh, f- big movie fans will be talking about on Twitter and their blogs and on Facebook and that sort of thing. But I don't see it doing numbers like Get Out or uh, even Us. So yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's just yeah. too out there. I, I, I think right. that something like Us, even though it's very weird, it's a little more accessible. Um, yeah. It's so, funny. I mean, I guess this yeah, is yeah. Too, this one, this one's funny know. too. So I, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I, I but um, I, I imagine it's probably going to sit around somewhere that uh, what hereditary hereditary made. Hereditary was like forty five, forty six million, something like that. I think at the box office. But um, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just interesting to me what people will go see. I mean, because you know, we saw Booksmart, and you know, that's been so you know, controversial that it just hasn't made anything at the box office, but yet every critic loves it and everyone seems to be baffled. But I think if this movie doesn't make money, you have to understand why in this landscape now of how easy it is. I mean, shoot, even I was looking upstairs to watch something on Netflix. I was like, Oh my God, there's so many good things. 
<laughs> like, I mean, there are. So, and I, and I think about that all the time now. As I get, I know some like kind of maybe behind the times, but you know, it took me a while to adapt to Netflix because I love these film going experiences like Midsommar so much. I mean, it's so it's so addicting. So I'm hoping people, you know, will see it. But I think it's going to be something that people discover for many years to come. I think A24 is going to play the long game with this one. You know, this movie's going to always make money for the next 20 years because people are going to be catching on to it and wanting to see it and things like that. So I think it'll do well on that front. I mean, no, I haven't seen it, but I think, you know, it's going to take some time for this one to develop, but I'm, I'm shit. I'm going to be there, you know, on Monday, actually I'm seeing it. So, I mean, you know, I, and I, if I was just a regular film fan, I would be there as quickly as I could. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I guess that's all that we have for this week. Um, um, Brian's getting married this weekend again, and uh, we're excited for him. And so I'll, I will be there this Saturday to see him walk down the aisle. <laughs> um, um, Are you going to be wearing your shining tie? I thought about it. I have my the shining tie would probably be more appropriate than uh night of the living dead which is the other tie that i have but uh i think the the shining tie actually works with the the suit that i'm gonna wear for it and so um maybe i might i might break it out and my wife will probably roll my eyes at me but i was like it's brian he, he'll love it yeah um, exactly you got to he will love it i mean he would probably want all of his groomsmen to like dress up like dr herbert west or something like that like that would not <laughs> not surprise me or like everybody or like his cake be like the criterion cover of like solo or something (laughs) that would that would be brian yeah um yeah there's there's a lot of jokes to be made but uh it's yeah we'll see it'll be a lot of fun i'm I'm excited about it i'm excited for him but um yeah i guess we'll be back next week we're gonna possibly talk about the new child's play movie which is opening this weekend uh, june 21st uh opposite toy story and so the word is it's not very good but you know like we've said on this podcast countless times uh uh, we're still gonna go see it so we've been promising it and so we're gonna make it happen yeah, you know, in, in closing, as we're like winding it down, you think about that. Like, even if it is getting bad reviews, I think it's going to go from person to person. Right. How yeah, because I, I mean, Birth Movies Death gave it a good review. And, uh, What's that? Who did? Birth Movies Death. Like, they gave it okay. a good review. And so, and I've, I've seen it uh, all of the places. So, I, I guess hearing that it's not going to be something like on the same level as the remake of uh, It, which, you know, this. Child's Play is coming from the same producers. Um, you know, that, that that's just that's just the way that it, it, it goes. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm still optimistic. I'm still going to go in with an open mind. And, you know, the fact that uh, I've had some of my best experiences kind of hearing that, you know, people didn't receive this movie that well. And then after I go see it, I was like, you know what? Yeah. It wasn't that bad. So I, I enjoyed it. So Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, I'm going to do my damnedest to go tomorrow to see it. That is that is the goal. That is the goal. That movie has earned my dollar. Cool. So, yeah, we'll hopefully be back next week. We might have some more to say about Midsommar, which uh, Cole will have seen by then. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. So, Annabelle comes home. 
Is that yeah? Annabelle comes home. Uh, yep. Yeah, that comes out June twenty sixth next week, and then Midsummer comes out July third. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. We're My Bloody Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher Radio and Google Play, and you, all the places where you listen to podcasts at, except for Spotify. We're not that cool yet, but uh, we're, we're working on it. But um, uh, you can. I'm Preston Barton. You can find me on FreshFiction.tv, where I'm the features editor. You can find my uh, written review for Midsommar on there right now, and uh, you can also find my work on the Ditton Record Chronicle, DittonRC.com, and you can email me uh, as well as the podcast at mybloodypodcasts at gmail.com for any recommendations that you want to throw our way, any facts that we got wrong, or if you just want to comment on how bad of a job I'm doing or how good of a job I'm doing, uh, whatever, I don't care. Um, shoot me an email, but, uh, Mr. James Colclay, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at, uh, byline Houston, uh, from time to time and mainly at freshfiction.tv where I have been for a long time. And, I sometimes tweet at Words by Cole, and I buy a lot of Blu-ray steelbooks. So <laughs> I don't know how you can follow that other than my private Instagram account, but <laughs> find it, and you can look at my cool Toy Story steelbooks. Yeah. That's my plug. Yeah, Grams by Cole is your uh, Instagram. Yeah, that's it, Grams by Cole. Yeah, and, and I got one too. I haven't been as active on it as I have been in the past, but you can find me it's at Preston. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know, just things are happening in life some things are kind of slowing down and so um it's hard to stay active on a lot of things but it, yeah i i took photos of my harmony corinne blu-rays like three days ago and i've been meaning to post them since then <laughs> i still haven't done it so, uh yeah. yeah i got a silent hill in the mail from oh snap um from cool. scream factory so I, I i've been meaning to take a picture of that and post it but um well yeah, you'll have to post that, and uh, I think you got this a long time ago. This is, I guess, our uh, epilogue here. Um, I'm finally getting The Green Inferno, which I know yeah. is finally getting released, which I really like, even though people hate. But what's one of those movies? You know, I it's it's a re- that's a really cool movie. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to follow our uh, cool movie. Uh, steelbooks and uh, Blu-rays and 4Ks that we have. You can find our Instagrams at uh, at Grams Grams by Cole. Is it Grams by Cole? That's it. Like Instagrams. Yeah, yeah. Grams by Cole and then uh, me, Preston Barta, um, on Instagram and Twitter. So, all right. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Take care. Bye.